Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm, I'm admitting it. I've never seen the movie Waiting. I'm pretty, you can, I'm pretty sure you can stream it. Is it like, Ryan Reynolds? Is he in it? Okay. But this is before he got more like high profile roles. Mm-hmm. Is this when he it's wore like a like, fat suit? No, this is like the Vin Diesel times with um, Van Wilder. Van Wilder, sorry. <laughs> Van Wilder? No, but Did wait. Did you see t- Van Wilder when he jerks off the bulldog and puts all the bulldog semen in the pastries and then the dudes eat it you don't remember that movie with tara reed sure don't sure Um, don't yeah we're i think we're on um wait but the didn't also like uh because i remember there was a movie shallow hell where it was like oh gwyneth paltrow's in a fat suit oh yeah it's because she's an overweight woman but then he gets tony robbins uh hypnotizes jack Black's character in order to only see the beauty in people. And so the people who are the most hideous looking people in regular life are beautiful to him because they're good on the inside. Fuck that movie. Yeah, fuck that movie. Like but then Far- fucking Farley Brothers, fuck that movie. But wait, didn't didn't Ryan Reynolds play a fat like a there was a overweight I can't believe like, I like a fat know this. dude there or, was a there was a sh- movie he did I think it was called Just Friends or something like that <sighs> with Amy Smart Mark, yes and he was they were best friends in high school and he was overweight and then he turns into a hunk and they like meet up again over Christmas break or something like that yes but I mean I'm sorry I'll never forget the fact that you were fat so you're unlovable yeah it's just not gonna work out mm-hmm. I can't have pictures of you from the old days surfacing and possibly ruining my reputation. I mean, that's like the best joke of like, where like one of the Paltrow who's skinny, like takes off her little bitty underwear and tosses it Jack Black's face. And it's like, then it's huge underwear. What a bit. Brooke update. I have my first training shift next Wednesday uh, for Gorilla Tacos. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do their catered sort of events. Great. Which is, you know, they might get a little more catery as they go with past. It's a good way to like dip your toe back into that the old water. Yeah, but for right now, what I like about it is it's just me and one other person. Uh, who we go pick up all the food from the kitchen, basically the tacos that the people have ordered, which ones they've decided they want to buy for their event or la la la. We put everything, prep it, and then we turn on like, you know, all the burners, get all the chafing dishes out. And so it's not even just waiting. I get to be the person who just makes their fucking tacos and hands them delicious gorilla Mm. tacos. So like no one hates the taco person. 
you know mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like i'm gonna be really good at being friendly and then making people happy by giving them tacos i think you're i think you're born for to play this part i think i was too <laughs> so we, we were all at a birthday party like everybody was at this birthday party this past weekend uh-huh. and our friends hired a local taco truck uh-huh. to pull up next to their house everyone was happy it's fucking incredible everyone was high-fiving these two women just churning out that quesadilla melted my face Not off. Not to mention your girl over here who brought you some tacos. Okay, Andrea is that like, she she just knew that I was talking, couldn't get away from people, and the line was deep, and she came back, and like a true friend was like, I thought you'd want this, and just handed me a plate with three El Pastor tacos on it. Dressed, ready to go. Ready to go. Ready to go to that party. I ate what one I- in the car and fucking- had two for breakfast. Okay, so here's the fun thing about Saturday. Other than having a taco truck at a party, I went to a baby shower early that day that was catered by Squirrel. It was a beautiful wow. It was a beautiful culinary day for me in Los Angeles last and Saturday. for a moment, I really thought you were about to say it was catered by Squirrels. Yeah, it was catered by Squirrels. <laughs> it was a baby shower. Squirrels were the caterers. They also, um, you know, it's it's a very it was a very boho chic meets woods meets like yeah. But these squirrels were all sag. Like they mm-hmm. all have sag like squirrels. They, have, they all have like um yeah. They all have credits in film, so they're very classically trained squirrels. Yeah, it's a very specific squirrel company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get you the number. Squirrel catering, mm-hmm. and they basically just disperse seeds and nuts all around the the yard, mm-hmm. and you just have to go find it. Mm-hmm. And forage them. There's a squirrel doula there. A squirrel doula. We just have for a the baby, baby shower. To be. Yeah. <laughs> that squirrel can get up in there and see what's going on. That's my dolphin slash squirrel. They're always like. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank that's you. Freaky Brooke. Thank you. There's a squirrel that mocks my dogs every morning. Oh my so. god. Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I shoot that squirrel with the garden hose, and it's very funny. It's very very <laughs> funny to me. When I'm alone in my backyard, I'm like, you get lost, squirrel. And then I shoot it. And you make the noise. Wait, you you bring the squirrel in with that noise and then you shoot the the, squirrel? Yeah, then the garden hose is cocked and ready. Whoa. Because if you're going to mock my dogs... You know. Oh right. Remember like the the squirrel feeders you'd get and it'd make the squirrels turn all in circles. <laughs> Stupid squirrel. Let's bust into some headlines for this episode. Okay. This is making me laugh so hard. Okay, we are all pet owners, and I know that you guys have not tried to get Indy, uh, an emotional support animal certificate, right? No. You're just like, he's never traveling with us. There's just no point to like take him anywhere because like they're the only place we would ever probably take him is to my to Omaha and or to like see Brian's folks. But like they have dogs and Indy's a dick around other dogs. So he can just stay put. Also, I feel like he would try and eat uh, like a security guard's canister of pepper spray. Eh. You know, he'd eh. s- something something with Indy would definitely go down. Maybe. I don't know. I would like the idea that they put him through the um, baggage. Oh, x-ray, like an x-ray and, then, and he's and just like, like full of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dog's just it's full true. Of it's like a shark stomach for sure. Chips, and they're like, we think Fucking this- license plate. <laughs> This dog is a bomb. He's got wires and coils. That's like the beagles that they would do experiments on, actually. They're full of wires and coils. Well, Winnie and uh, Winnie is an emotional support animal. Believe it or not, she's actually pretty well behaved in airports. But 
everyone's cracking down on that. As you know, you have to fill out the same um, paperwork and application for every single airline. It's not like a universal across the board thing now. You have to have like a vet's note and from each state. I don't know. They're, they're just making it so hard. Um, obviously, a service animal is still very much approved. It's the emotional support that they're cracking down on. And maybe because uh, we all know that um, an emotional support peacock uh, was tried to you know, board a United Airlines flight back in 2018. Um, and I think that's probably why they're cracking down. But to be an asshole, this guy, because you can register anything on the website. Um, in late December, a Brooklyn resident named Floyd Hayes registered a pint of beer as his <laughs> service animal. Are, is and, he saying like technically it's alive because of like the yeast? Or sure, I- sure. But I mean, it's like it's really kind of an unspecified whatever you need to feel emotionally supported. So you can like open care, like have open carry, carry a, a, a pint of beer and so security. <laughs> So his 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 reasoning was I travel from upstate to Brooklyn a lot and on the bus they say it's a federal crime to smoke or have an alcoholic beverage unless by prior written consent. I always wondered where you get that consent. And so he basically registered at it as an emotional support animal, him and his <laughs> pint of beer. Um, and, I, and I'm sitting here like, I'm like, buddy, it's called a flask. Uh, can we just... Maybe he, maybe he doesn't want the hard stuff, but... But I like how that flies in the face of, yes, how ridiculous it is. It doesn't mean you're going to actually board that plane with your open pint of beer, sir. But I do like the smart-ass nature of that. It's very smart lucky. Yeah, I started... I got that uh, story from Vice. And, like, Vice has some really good, weird, like, food and beverage stories. That's, like, my new go-to cool. source for some of this stuff. That made me laugh my ass off. Have you ever seen... I had a flight where... Uh, Someone's fucking cat got loose. This happens all the time. It gets scared and it's running under everyone's seats and you're like, Wah! and it's, oof. that's happened two times that's on flights. Up. Cats are also like, they'll get out of things too. They really they'll like take their little claw and unzip and <laughs> that's crazy. I know. And this like poor, like the poor pet owner is like roaming up and down the aisles, that's looking terrible. down under everything. And you know, if someone's asleep, they're not going to fucking help you out and, and know that, that there's cat a cat. Out. Exactly. There's a club called Heaven and Hell in Washington, D.C. And apparently in late November of 2019, this is so insane. Um, This guy tried to order a drink they have called Lit or whatever, which is essentially like an Applebee's $1 Long Island iced tea level sort of bullshitty, dangerous drink. Um, He gets the drink, took a sip and was like, this isn't right. And he knows because he orders them all the time. And he then looks on the bar <laughs> ledge and notices a bottle of foam bright condenser coil cleaner <gasps> no, 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 no. on the bar, a cleaning product. It's so this product, by the way, is so strong. It has the nickname the yellow death because ugh, it's ugh. so bad to drink, not for humans consumption. And for whatever reason, the owner of the bar, he admitted to pouring the drink. It was just an honest mistake. That he mixed up a bottle of foam bright, he mixed up a bottle of foam bright coil cleaner with sour mix. How? I mean, 
What? I'm just struggling. I'm. I mean, he's like, it's an honest mistake. Why would I do that to anyone? Like how many he's customers like, like actually got just was he the only one? I think it was the only one. Um, but there, he's absolutely. I mean, this guy's got you know a lawsuit pending against this. He's um, obviously alive. It did anything bad happen to him? Uh, he's alive. He's fine. But you know, you report this shit, and the club was <laughs> fined ninety thousand dollars and had its liquor license suspended yeah, for ninety days. Sure. I mean. It doesn't sound like an intentional thing, but that's a fuck up that like, well, good, Mm -hmm. because if you are mistaking, first of all, keeping like heavy duty cleaner like that on a line on on the rail edge with all your other like speed. Yeah, yeah. it needs to be like in a under a thing next to the sink under a in a specific area. Yeah, that's so, so insane. I mean, he could have fucking killed that guy um, luckily he didn't i mean we would be reading a whole nother headline if that whole guy was other headline well but then this was a this was another um drink mix-up incident that was buried in this article but a Flor- florida woman filed a lawsuit against the don cesar hotel in saint peach beach florida listen to this a waiter topped off her water glass with liquid nitrogen what? This woman, her name's Stacy Wagers, she was celebrating her birthday with a friend at the hotel's restaurant when they noticed a smoking dessert that was being served at a table nearby. Her friend was like, oh, cool, that looks cool. So then the waiter poured a substance into their water glasses to give them the same effect. She became violently ill after she took a sip um, because he had like topped their drinks. Your esophagus. Yeah, okay. She had to have her gallbladder and part of her stomach lining removed. Oh, God. What the like okay servers waiters let's all People pause are not trained obviously but like how this is no okay like if you even have a shred of doubt with something that should don't just don't do it okay like i'm trying to think you know i don't even know why one of the desserts would have been smoking if it, it was probably but it wasn't it probably wasn't even like touching it, it was probably near. something that was frozen with liquid nitrogen yes and then that's why it would smoke unless it's a separate thing and is smoking because it's in like a separate vessel and then right. burns off and it's exactly and it's usually like a situation where it's like a tin uh just some sort of canister that's not touching it it's just for effect only and to be a server that goes and drips like like oh, i have a shot of this on top of your water what the fuck? Also, how do you know that that's not liquid nitrogen as a human? It's, I, I, I just, of course, this is Florida. 100% this is Florida. I don't mean to be so mean of Florida, but please, if you have any question, like, do not. I mean, because you will shut your restaurant down. Like, you could be fined so heavily for something that you just do not need to cater to every whim of a fucking customer. Oh, God, that's fucking horrible. Isn't that insane? Yeah, for sure. Good God. Yeah, I mean, her stomach could have exploded. Basically. It probably did. It ruptured. Both of of those people could absolutely be dead. You're, you know, they're so lucky (laughs) that they're not. But yeah, uh, hey, servers, hit us up with the best accidental things you've ever uh, poured, you know, on purpose or not. (laughs) Um, You can stay anonymous if you want. But uh, yeah, because we all fuck up. We accidentally, and it might just be that I added a gross ingredient that doesn't go with it. Right. And someone didn't notice. But yeah, hit us up. Let us know if you've ever um, poured a really bad accidental, maybe One time I made an old-fashioned, this was so long ago, when I didn't really know what I was doing, I was just like, sure, I'll make that. Where's the book? And instead of bitters, I put Worcestershire sauce into um, an old-fashioned. But the guy, told me it was the best old fashioned he'd ever had 
Huh. Doesn't it always go that way? Yeah. Those were, um, those were very, very violent headlines, but I'm into it. Oh my God. Um, guys, thank you so much. We got some emails that came in. Keep them coming because we're about to read some servers of hidden stories. Uh, actually, this one still came on through Instagram, which is totally cool. Again, I just like to remind you, it's just easier to write out your message via email, but we'll take them however. All right. This is at Anna Gillis. She says, I'm listening to your podcast and was reminded of a nightmare customer I had the pleasure of serving one night. I work in a sports bar, family restaurant, complete with a large arcade in the restaurant for the kids. Uh, irrelevant to the story, but gives you an idea of what kind of restaurant this is. Anyways, I was pretty busy this night. We were pretty slammed for a random Thursday night, and I had a full section with an eight top and several other smaller sized tables with two to five people at them. One of these tables consisted of two women, not old, but older, maybe in their late uh, 40s, early 50s. And they were very kind at first. Dun, 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 foreshadowing. I took their order and I brought it out. No issue. Checked on them consistently. And each time they had assured me everything was great. A job well done. Well, the last time I checked on them, as they seemed to be finishing their meals, one of the women made it a point to tell me that her steak tips were almost inedible. And the meal was, quote, the worst thing she has ever eaten. So I looked at this woman's empty plate. Of course, the plate's always empty. And apologized, explaining that I would have offered her something else or offered to take it off the bill had she not completely eaten her inedible meal. I mean, she ate the entire thing, and I guarantee she simply did not want to pay for the $16 steak tip and pasta meal. She seemed like a cheapskate. I walk away to tend to my other tables and eventually bring their bill, but she and her friends start arguing because this woman thinks I should have taken the meal off the bill while her friend explain why that is wrong. Go, friend. All right. They pay, and I notice as they're leaving, the customer of the night stops at the hostess desk, and I overhear her making accusations that I forgot her coffees, and I was rude, and the worst server she had ever had. Oh, boy. I know. Wow. I walk over, and I ask if there was an issue with me or if I had forgotten any drinks. She tells me that I had ruined her friendship, (laughs) and she would not be returning. Dot, dot, dot. Then the friend came in separately and told me she had called her husband to come pick her up because she refused to drive home with someone who acted so horribly in public, gave me a cash tip because her friend left me nothing. Wow. How do you not know this about your friend? I know. At all to begin with? Wow. I mean, because to me, like, that would be... Um, a red flag about whether someone could be my friend it or not. It is really interesting. I don't think, I think when I was younger is when there was more of an issue of like people causing a scene, causing a ruckus. I've definitely been out with people who cause a scene, cause a ruckus, don't really consider them to be my friends necessarily or maybe an acquaintance. You're like at a birthday party right. with a bunch of people you don't know and somebody's fucked up and weird. But for the most part, everybody needs to be on the same page. And God help the people that go out to eat together who all like to cause problems. Oh, I mean, that that is just honestly, it's like a terrorist cell of, you know, people who've been training and they're like, tonight is the night we dine <laughs> and wreak havoc. <laughs> Um, I do, I do feel like if you are the friend who has 
definitely waited tables before, or you just have a heart and an empathetic center. Yeah, good for this friend who's like, absolutely not. That's just not how it goes, blah, blah, blah. And then you got to do that double duty of come back, make sure this waitress gets a tip because you just found out your friend is an asshole and they made you look bad unless you go, you know, what if you liked eating there? You have to go do damage control on that part for sure. Yeah. God, that is such a red flag if someone's being like that. But I like too that it's not enough. You ruined my meal. I mean, we hear that all the time. You ruined my friendship. That's okay. fucking hilarious. I'm glad. <laughs> Seriously? What the hell is this crap? Next story from at Reese Vandermolen. I have a happy one. Good. I love a happy one. There was one night I was waiting tables that was especially slow. I was making no money, but I was on the side with a jukebox and a speaker, so I decided to use the ones in my book to play some songs. Me and my coworkers were absolutely jamming, singing along and dancing while we set up our tables and cleaned the restaurants. I did have one table, though, who really liked what I was playing. Every time I checked on them, the older lady of the group complimented my choices. After an hour of them drinking and eating, she called me over and handed me five ones and told me to stop spending my hard-earned money on music. I was so touched by the kindness that I could have cried. I queued up five more songs and went on my way. The group eventually started to head out, and I ran over to grab their bill to thank them for again for being so kind. And when I picked up their check, they had tipped me $67 on a $67 bill. Aww. I chased them out the door to make sure uh, that was right. They told me to pass it on and that I had made their night with my music. I still think about I still think about that night if I'm having a bad day because it reminds me that people are okay sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. Why is it a dollar a song at that jukebox I know. that she's plugging? And why can they get free fucking credits also as servers like on a slow night? These are the questions. It's a great story, but I, had, a great story, I, have, but I have questions. We need to speak to your manager and figure out what the hell. Like, yeah, employees should get free reign over the jukebox. Yeah. You know, you get that override. Um, sort of privilege, you yeah, know, just like queue up some free credits, baby. Queue up some free credits. Also, I'm sure she meant that it was like, I bet it was like three to five songs per dollar. Yeah. But either way, totally. she may have only just put in another either five. Way, great story. Wonderful story. Pocketed the money. I love it. I I'm sorry when you pe put people in a good mood with a good jukebox. Mm -hmm. Andrea, Andrea and Brian and I, there's, there's a group of us. We are good jukebox music we players. Queue it up. I queued it up last night. Oh, where were you guys? Tony's. You're always at Tony's. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But uh, I played last night. It was very fun. But I also am like, I'm the kind of person that like I cannot have silence like in a bar, in a restaurant, or I will start to go crazy because I need the ambiance. I need the music playing at all times. So I'll get up and play that jukebox. But as a person who is a bartender or in, in charge of my own music at work to be complimented for the cool stuff I play. That's where you shine uh -huh, also. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Andrea's, you know, you are, I mean, if, if, if someone gave you money to DJ, you would kill it. Oh, and yeah. you ultimately, you DJ things very well. Yeah. I would also it's do curated. my homework a ton. Curation is very fun. I would love to DJ. That'd be so fun. Oh, hell yeah. For hire. Well, listen, you can talk to Ricky about it when we talk to him soon. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, Drennan DJs too. Like yeah. we'll get you in the mix, bitch. Well, you guys, thanks so much, as always, for sending in those amazing server submitted stories. Um, Brooke already mentioned the new web. Brooke already mentioned the new email. You guys can send us uh, stories in that fashion. You can still DM us, but you know, that email just makes it a little bit more flush. Can't wait to get some new stories in. Send them our way. We've been recording a bunch up front, so we're uh, we're blowing through them. So more, more, more. We love them. They're honestly so funny and keep the podcast really fresh.
All right, you guys, we're very excited to welcome to Sidework Podcast today. Uh, he's the curator and host of Confessions of a Server, and he's talking to us now. It's Quaylen, everybody. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? Thank you again for letting me uh, come on to the Sidework Podcast. Yeah, coming big to fan, us. Big fan. All the way from Toledo, Ohio. All the way. And what's your last name? Harris. Oh, great. I didn't even, I didn't ask that before. I was just like, hi, I like to do first and last names on the show. I'm also. No, it's all right. Quaylen Harris. Quaylen Harris, Confessions of a Server, which you have a great following on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I'm still amazed because when I first started, I didn't think that it would be, it would grow as it has, but like I have people who reach out to me from Spain, Argentina, Italy, place like that. I'm like, my shit resonates with them over there as well. Wow. So it's still, it's still very humbling for me because I, I never would have expected to be at, like one of my top followings is uh, Toronto, Canada. Yeah. Like, we get a lot of Canadians I, I, too. I mean, yeah. I, I think with what you're saying too and us doing the podcast for the year now, it's like we, how we're resonating with people as well, you know, cause it's just, right. this, it's such a specific feeling. It's such a specific vibe that you get if, if you wait tables are in, in the, in the industry, you know? Right. And you know, I still haven't had like that moment where I can like walk into someone like, Hey, you're a confessional of a server, but <laughs> really, really funny story. I was like on the uh, dating apps and, you know, me and people cause I'm single. And this girl that I started talking to, she was like, asked me what I did. I'm like, oh, I run a social media profile called Confession of a Server. She's like, hold on, wait, that's you? Uh, I follow that page. And I'm like, wow, I, I don't know if that's a good thing that, you know, we've been talking for like a week and you didn't realize it was me or uh, I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, it was just kind of funny because, you know, my name's out there, but people still don't know me. So I can still fly under the radar a little bit. <laughs> Until yeah. you're super famous and you can't go anywhere without being recognized. You know, I, I don't see me getting that big, but <laughs> I've always wanted fame when I was younger. So I'll, I'll embrace it if it ever gets that big. Oh, yeah. I think we can both relate to <laughs> yeah. that fully. Yeah. Fully. Right. I, we wanted to go from famous at our restaurant job, you know, famous for being that server, to uh, worldwide global fame, if possible. Yeah. You know? You know, we're all going to do it. I first started following restaurant pages on like Facebook and stuff like that. The only thing you really saw was, oh, this person didn't tip me. Oh, this happened, this happened. I'm like, there's way more that goes on in a restaurant. There's still things that like I have wrote down right here, like why service drink that I wanna do, like uh, hosts and busters, managers. Those are like my next two that I'm gonna do. That like people don't talk about like are also kind of stressful. Oh yeah, dealing with cooks, um, having health inspector come in, stuff like that that we have to deal with that that also stresses us out. So there's so much out there that a lot of people haven't tapped into yet, and I'm just trying to see what people like. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and don't forget too, like we have so much positivity and pride for the job, which is like when it's all just like shitty. This person tipped like shit. It's like man, it makes the job actually look less than when you're just online and being petty and I mean there's a time and a place for all of that but it's like why not take this huge community that's obviously all connecting online and talk about why it's an awesome job you know but that's just the awesome part about it is that 
the jobs that we have, and not just serving, every aspect of the restaurant is just so unpredictable and so much stuff happens that we can sit here and talk years on years and not talk about the same thing. It's so true. And it, I mean, I, I, ju- I do think it is so great that we're all part of this really strong community and we're all tapping mm-hmm. into it. So it's so fun. I love it. Um, so a little about you. Like, let's talk about yeah. you and your history. Like, how long have you been in the service industry? So I got into the service industry 10 years ago. Actually, it'll be 10 years this February. So nice. it was, uh, I was supposed to start my um, orientation February 15th, the day after the worst day in history of uh, restaurants. I fucking hate Valentine's Day. It's amateur night and hate it. It's coming. Um, right around right. the corner. Oh, yeah. I'm already trying to figure out how to get out of it, but I know I won't be able to. <laughs> I've dashed it. I dashed it two years in a row, but I know oh, this year. I'm, I it, uh, yeah, your number's up, buddy. <laughs> Gosh, I just need another friend to get married on Valentine's. I like Day, how I'm you're like you, you're you're viewing it like jury duty, like you know. It, it is. It is. Well, I'm getting drafted to World War Three. <laughs> World War V D. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. There it is. No. V-day. So um. So I was supposed to start training the day after, but the restaurant that I um, got hired into actually got broken into and the safe got stolen. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> and they did it through the ceiling. They never Whoa. figured out how, but they did it somehow through the ceiling. Yeah. That's like, so I had to wait. Someone like, like is week. casing the place for a while in order to do that. Someone's been crawling yep. through air ducts 100% right. like yeah. prison escape yeah. style. Yeah. Someone's been squirreling around in there for the past and month, got, unbeknownst. It's like Ocean's Eleven. And they got this safe that had all the money in it. So I had to wait a week before I could actually start my training. But <laughs> So I've been doing it for uh, 10 years in February. Um, now, I know probably some of your listeners aren't going to like this, but I am a corporate guy. No, we Every do all it's corporate, but I, I always get so much backlash for only working in corporate restaurants. But I love corporate restaurants. Yeah, I love. You actually just, have you I actually have it. some rights and protocol and protections when people do yes. it by the book. And I love like the structure that it taught me because I got hired in as a server. I never, I was never a bus. I was never a host. I would, I got straight in as a server, and the way that they set up their training taught me so much. And like made me a better server in my aspect. If I was just thrown to the wolves, I would have, I would have been done with this a long time ago. Totally, you know. And but, we praise mom and pop, but we also praise praise every server at every job they have. And like working for a corporation gives you things like healthcare, stock options, right? things yes, like that. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. So, um, steakhouse is mainly what I work in. I love the money that steakhouses bring. Uh, I can also be myself a little bit more. I'm not like at super fancy places. Like my first restaurant was Outback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I just, uh, yeah. Um, what? And what I, what? I was gonna say, what's the most expensive slab of meat at the steakhouse? At the one that I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Like. I think around twenty nine dollars. Oh, great! That's, like, that's not super. That's, that's not, not super awful. Fancy, no, 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 no. But still, no, no, like no. that. Well, yeah. that price point makes me be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go for it." Because when you go mm-hmm. to other places and you're like, I, "Excuse me, how much?" Like, absolutely not. Right. Where I'm like, "Oh, I'll well, put down thirty. Thirty is like a world I can sort of exist in." Right, and just like I said, I started at Outback when they had the nine dollar sirloin. 
Yeah. And if you've ever heard about Toledo or been to Toledo, you know that, you know, we have the best of the best and the worst of the worst. So <laughs> I would literally be serving these six ounce sirloins for $9. And people are thinking like it was the five star meal, the, the greatest meal to ever have. And get so upset when there's gristle in it and stuff. And I'm just in there like, I pay for more for alcohol than yeah. you do for your, for your, your six ounce sirloin baked potato and salad with ranch. Like, come on, lady. And I've had people that would actually cry because their food would come out wrong. Oh, swear. Wow. Oh, they, yes. they put a lot, they, there was a lot riding on that meal. A little too much. I, wow. That meal I was all up. <laughs> I love it when that meal's supposed to do a lot of heavy lifting for them emotionally, you know, and then it doesn't. Oh. And then it's your fault. And then it's my fault. Yeah, it's exactly. my fault that you didn't like what you ate. I am so sorry I'm in charge of your taste buds. The thing Ma'am. about like Outback Steakhouses too, like they're busy all the time. Like all the time, yeah. All the time. So it's like there's a lot of chaos and it's like I I don't know. Outbacks to me are like everybody's got there's like a bank of booths and people are running around. So for you to be like, look, I have like a full section. I'm totally dealing with everything and like here's here's some Outback tissues. Like crying to that. Right. <laughs> Well, the one that I worked at, um, we were top 10 in sales in the nation a couple times when I was there. Um, That's wild. Just because we were we were in a very busy, busy area in Toledo, like right by the mall and everything. Just like I said, the $6 stakes. Maybe it wasn't top 10. It was, it was definitely top 20 in the nation for or in a company. So, you know, and it was just, it wasn't the best clientele either like i always tell this story my first valentine's day i worked there i had 1200 dollars in sales and i made 75 dollars oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah 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 <laughs> and so. so starts the beginning of your hatred for working on valentine's day <laughs> Like you said, amateur hour where it truly is. And we really went in where for some people, it's the one time a year that they actually think they should go out and maybe they don't Mm -hmm. frequent restaurants. And so you have a lot of people who the term applies. Do you live under a rock? And the answer is yes. And here here are some loose pebbles for your tip. I brought them from home. My last table, I will never forget it was a guy, he was with his girl, and their bill was like $74. And he literally looked at me, handed me 75 and said, I'm sorry, I don't have enough to tip you. And it was the last day, like, I, I was cut, I was just waiting for them to leave, and I just looked at him, I said, bye. <laughs> like, I, I didn't say anything else, I just looked at him straight face, bye. <laughs> and they got up and left. I, I had no more energy to deal with dumb assholes that day i was just like whatever i don't even give a fuck anymore so so getting back to like you working for a corporation and you know talking about how like that first outback you worked at was one of the top do you as a corporate server like does it get you like off to like be in contests and be the top and have the top sales because in corporate places that's happening all the time yeah um yes and no i am a person who my ability and this is just me playing like sports my entire life i'm i'm very competitive when i want to be <laughs> so for for example um last year i worked at this place called bubba's 33 
which is a sister restaurant to Texas Roadhouse. Um, burgers, pizza, stuff like that. Really good food. Texas uh, Toast. They opened, right. They opened one up in Toledo. I helped open the restaurants, one of the servers, things like that. We were running a gift card contest. First place was a TV. Second place was um, like a dinner and a hotel stay like in Toledo. Third place was $100 and fourth place was $50. I have a nice TV. I'm single. So what was I going for? Yeah. Second place. I was going, for third. I was oh. going for third place. Third place. Just hundred bucks. Because I won the $100. And my manager was mad because I eventually got third place. I let everyone know that, look, all I want is third place. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and I had worked with him before, and he knew my ability that I could I could sell gift cards to anyone. I can sell you a gift card now, and you're like, you're in California. Will you sell us a gift card? Will you sell us a gift card right now? No, I'm not. I'm not going to tell all my secrets. (laughs) Oh, okay. But but I can if I wanted to. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, just give us the dazzle. He was so upset with me because I strived for third place and not first, and I didn't do better to try to help him look better. Well, of course. But I did what I wanted to do. I love how you gamed the system. I would go in, see where I was. If I was in fourth place, I'd be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to sell $100 in gift cards today, give me back up into third, but not 150 to put me into second. <laughs> so, so, like, if it's something that I want to win, I will win. Like, we have uh, also where you have strategy. To- it's full. You, I mean, you should get points and recognized for strategy, full on manipulation, being, you know, yes. I was like, you've, you are corporate material, my friend. Yeah. So when um, I worked at Outback, they would have the uh, surveys. You had to get so many surveys and blah, 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 blah. So we'd run contests. Okay, you get a free meal. This is that. If I wanted to win, I will tell you this secret for anyone out there who's listening. The best way to get someone to fill out a survey, being check ready, have them fill out the survey at the table while you're going to get the boxes and stuff for them. Okay. Yeah. Like, hey, you have you have your cell phone. Can you just fill this out while I go grab your boxes and everything? Because right then and there, it's on their mind. Mm-hmm. If they say, "Oh, we'll do it later," they're gonna take it later. They're gonna forget. So I'll just force people to do it at their tables, and I would always win all the contests. <laughs> I love all this. I totally picture you when you like win your hundred dollars in third place. Like we pan to you, and you're just like you're like petting a cat, like a Bond villain. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> Our topic today, which I also can't believe we haven't dedicated an episode to bus boys, bus girls, busters, if you Buster. will. Yep, yep. The the real uh, it's a real fifty fifty with them sometimes, depending who's showing up. But uh, I'll take a moment to um, just define that, and you, I'm gonna uh, go off screen real quick just because I have a little document I'm working off of. But um, okay, so. <laughs> okay, the the definition of a buster, it's pronounced bus boy, it's a North American term. It's a young man, or woman in this case, who clears tables in a restaurant or cafeteria. Okay, duh, but why are they called bus boys? Did a little more research, and it says the term was originated in America as an omnibus boy. It's someone who is employed to do everything, therefore the word omni from the word omnibus, mm-hmm. setting and clearing mm-hmm. tables, filling glasses, taking used dishes to the kitchen, et cetera. And then maybe they decided that 
title sounded a little too regal. Omnibus boy. And then they were just like, you're a bus boy. Uh, omnibus boy. I think it was like annoying Let's, to say. Should we start calling our busters omnibus, omnibus boys? boys? Yeah. Who, I'm totally about to start calling them omnibus bus boy. Who's the omnibus like, booked what? today? Yeah. Who's we're on the right. schedule we're for the omnibus? Oh, I, I love that. Okay. Urban Dictionary defines it this way. This one made me laugh really I hard. love Urban Dictionary. It's so funny. Okay. Bus boy. A usually very handsome, silent, and mysterious character that works in restaurants, cleaning off tables, flirting with the hostesses, disinfecting the toilet rooms. Most busboys are equipped with a nice sense of humor and large muscles that are capable of carrying large items such as tables, all the shitty plates and drinks that people didn't use, and the hearts of his female co-workers. I'm just like 15-year-old kid with bad skin and a bad attitude. That's right. Like, well, not all of them. You know whoever wrote that was a buster. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and he was just in there looking at himself like, okay, how can I define myself? I'm handsome. Look at these guns That's here. That's right. Like, I he's know. He's actually like some 16-year-old boy with freckles all over his face and like glasses. Like For a minute, I thought like, remember Sergio? I was mm -hmm. like, Sergio's really handsome and mysterious. But yeah, he, he very also, mysterious. Yeah. And very good at his job. And I think yes, we can all say from experience, we have those busters that are the best best people we've ever worked with now i have a buster now his name is logan and he's a college freshman and so all the hosts they swoon over him because he's so dreamy and i think he's been with like three of the hosts he's like a cheerleader you know so he has like those cheer muscles and everything but i will say one of the best busters i've ever worked with he's so hard working he wants to learn everything but yeah, he's 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 a dreamboat, as the girls would say. Do you think is he like is he kind of like always one step ahead of you with what he needs done in your section? Like he like clears the tables. He's already on it. Like the tables turn instantly. He'll like give Yes, you like he's he's not someone who you have to ask him to work. Which is so rare nowadays with uh, not just buffers, but that high school college generation. He doesn't have to be asked to go clean something if he sees a dirty table he's gonna go clean it and um you know if he sees even if he sees people staying at the door he's gonna go seat them he's gonna uh, yeah. do that extra mile he's gonna go that extra little bit just to make sure that he's doing his job and he's staying busy he's got the self-starter sort of motivation yes. future president if we can correct course correct what presidents are like in this country um, you know, right? Whoops. But um, you, have that, you do have that side. And then you have the side where like maybe like nepotism is involved. And it's like your manager's nephew. Yep. And that guy is oh, a deadbeat. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I feel like, okay, so it sounds like this Logan character is that rare cross of someone who can be social and stay on top of his job. You don't usually mm -hmm. see that. I feel like the silent mysteriosos are usually the best and the talkers never do shit. The oh, yeah. The busboys yeah. who are always talking shit with front of house, back of house, and you're like, my tables are piling up. Hello, yeah. you little scrappy piece of shit. Go. <laughs> no, I, I don't treat so him that way. So, along with Logan, I had this other busser. He, nice kid. I don't remember his name right now because I don't know. But he'll go and bust one table and go in the back. Go bust another table, go in the back. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Where you have a going? bus hub. You you have a bus hub for a reason. Like you can do multiple tables. Just go do them. He was like, oh, okay. And like, 
I don't know if he just didn't think past his initial thought, like, oh, there's more room. Let me go get another set of place to put in here. But I had to tell him this, like, on a Saturday night. I'm like, oh, my bro, God. Bro, like, there's not cuts aren't being made because tables are dirty. Go, 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 go bust some more tables, please. I need to go have alcohols in my life right now. And he was just like, I just the table. I'm like, there's three other tables right next to you. You can put more shit in there. He's like, oh, okay. And like, you could see like the hamster running in the wheel in his head. <laughs> and then it finally started ringing, running fast enough, and the light bulb came on. He's like, oh, okay. So now he actually does more, but it's just like, come on. Uh, yeah, you know, um, that's why I think sometimes when we're looking at, I mean, let's start with the hiring practice, you know, just in general, the quality that you need is to be a teenager and show up, you know, and then from there, it's up to you whether you want to elevate the position for yourself, get tipped out more handsomely, et cetera, et cetera. But there's usually not a real crazy pre-qualifier for a restaurant to have someone come in and, and be the buster. It's kind of the do boy. It's the bitch position in a lot of ways. And you either are going to be the person who wants to hustle and make it to server, or you're just showing up because your parents made you get a job. Now going back to the hiring process. Yes. And this isn't just, just isn't for busters or anything, but have you guys noticed that people come into interview now looking horrible? Like, with like sweatpants on and like hoodies and stuff like that. I don't know if that's just like an Ohio thing, but it's like even people coming for like servers and stuff like that, right. like they just don't care anymore. Well, see, like, that- like in LA, it depends what kind of restaurant you're trying to work at because a lot of the servers are very, you're allowed to be very norm core and look like a weird dock worker, you know? Like it's, okay. it's just a very, like you look like you got dressed out of a lost and found box like that's very much the fashion okay. here but if you're okay. it, but that's just a certain part of LA where everything else is like you have to bring a headshot you better go get your Botox redone and you know look like a smoke show to get hired at a restaurant but my rule of thumb in general is you have to represent yourself really you have to look good I don't care that's just them's the rules Yes, and I mean, you know, I don't want to say come in like a three-piece suit no, or like yeah. dress or anything like that. But if you have on like a nice pair of jeans, a nice shirt, yeah. But no, I see people walk in like with just, just like I said, sweatpants and, and, and slippers, like house shoes and stuff oh. like that. I'm like, you expect to get a job? No, 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 no. Sorry, didn't mean to get off no, on that No, no, totally. I mean, I think it also, there's also another side of it where even if you do look good, being asked basic questions about like who you are as a person and what your skill set is like falling apart with questions like that is also something that I have noticed is that yeah. people like can't answer questions about themselves. No, they have to put a phone in front of themselves first and then hit a record and like, hey, what's up fam? So a little bit about me. <laughs> But, but then if you talk I mean, to them in person, they're like, uh. Right. They don't know how to, yeah. Uh, yeah. The communication getting, is dying. Yeah. But getting back to like being a buster, being a host, you know, but buster specifically, these are some of the first jobs that people mm-hmm. will have in their life. So you're forming social skills. And like we, and we talk so much about like just being in the restaurant industry, like helps you with social skills and helps you move further on in life. So I think being a buster is 
a golden opportunity. For it, re- it really, really is. Um, let, and let's hear real quick. I mean, there are, here's some famous former busboys, okay? Ooh. Chris Rock, Bradley Cooper, Rex Tillerson, <laughs> no longer part of the Trump administration, uh, Langston Hughes, Alec Baldwin, Robert Downey Jr., Al Pacino. <laughs> you done with that? No, that's not. That's not he's, a Pacino he's impression. Like, he's like, Never mind. Scent of a table. Oh boy. It's t- I, okay. Uh, John Stewart. John Stewart as well. Very nice. These are people very, very notoriously well known, and you can tell they've got great work ethic. So Langston Hughes is, is a poet, and in the twenties, he was bussing tables and leaving his poetry, kind of a side where people could maybe find it. And because he was using the platform of being around like elite and people who could, you know, afford to dine in all these restaurants, his poetry got discovered by someone who could basically turn him into an American icon. And so that's, that's awesome. yeah, Very that's cool. an example of a busboy being like, I understand where I am, you know, and I can work up the ranks here. So I have a question out of that list. Who would you want to be your busser? This is right like, because work with, work with you. The busser server relationship is so important, you know? And it there's is. it's not just on them to be good to you. Like you have to cultivate patience and try and get into a groove with your busser. Otherwise, you're gonna have a bad night. Um if I'm uh, yeah. if I'm if looking Chris at this... Rock Chris Rock was so awkward on SNL <laughs> when he was young. Imagine what he was like as a buster. He was probably like so shy. Right. So shy, weak. He was so skinny. Like head down. Are you done with that? Like, yeah. I don't I, I think I'd want John Stewart. I think I'd want a young John Stewart yeah. because if I'm guessing the sense of humor was already maybe in place a little bit having a buster that you can like for me and as as comedians cracking jokes and having humor and treating your buster like your equal will go the distance plus like on this whole list right. I, john stewart's like one of the most humble human beings ever so yeah yeah i mean i feel like bradley cooper would have been looking bradley at, cooper would have been looking at his reflection a lot he would have been silverware. at the stand a lot <laughs> Rex Tillerson probably would have treated it like a, a like a um, like a situation room every night, you know, right. war games, oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> a little too For serious. Sure. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin probably had full on a uh, forest of chest hair at 15 years old, so <laughs> <laughs> he was probably constantly being told to button up that shirt. <laughs> Oh gosh! Come on, more bad Al Pacino jokes. Like he was a real handful. He'd you know every time. I bet Al Pacino was a diva. (laughs) Or like every time a table was almost done, he'd be like, "Hua, time to clear it." And that's how. And he used that later in life. And oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm. And Robert Downey Jr. just had a coke problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not anymore though. Not anymore. He was stealing all the bartenders' coke and kept disappearing in the back. Let's describe a night with a good buster versus a bad buster. You did mention this guy who kind of left your whole section dirty, but like, let's really lay down why a good buster versus a bad buster is such a big deal. So, okay, so on a good night, what's happening is you as a server, you're not doing extra steps. You just get to do the jobs. You just get to do the jobs that are already part of your flow of service. Mm-hmm. And a buster is yeah. sort of this person that if they are on their game, they do not need to be reminded what needs to be done. They are just this sort of like silent force that makes the job flow. 
Well, the thing with a good buster, it's just not about my job, but he helps the flow of the whole entire restaurant. Yes. Because if you're waiting to bust seven tables all at once, instead of like actually working and busting them as they're getting up, those seven tables are going to get sat at the same yes. time. Those seven tables are going to get sent to the kitchen at the same time. Those seven tables, you're getting all these meals and stuff, and it's going to freak out the kitchen as well. But if a buster's in a good flow, a good rotation, he's knocking out a couple of tables at once, and it's just a good flow. Like, busters can really make or break a busy night. Mm -hmm. Agree. Agree. Now, right, and so when it's bad... So, like, say there's the whole clearing and resetting the restaurant at once. That's no good for the seating situation. But even worse than that is just, oh God, night, like, especially if it's not your job, if first course plates are still crowding the table when the entrees are coming out, you have to double back to the kitchen, put that hot food and back on the, you know, on the platform. The chef starts screaming at you because it's like, what the fuck? This food is ready to go. It's hot. You have to run out, clear your shit, reset silverware. Like, oh my God, that is like, if you want to get a manager on your ass real fast, that is a real big fuck up that can happen in a restaurant. And if, yeah. You're, yeah, if your buster's not there doing that, oh my God, it makes you, the server, look like an ass. Well, one thing that I am a big fan of is pre-busting. Oh, yeah. So even if, even, if they're, even if they're too busy, I'm still trying to pre-bust my table. Mm -hmm. So situations like that, don't happen you know i don't want to, the food their hot food to get there and their appetizer plate is still on the table that's so bad that's a bad look on you anyways yes but yeah the buster can help out as much as possible yeah yeah and again it all depends on the the workflow of your restaurant but in general right. i never worked at a place that was like servers shall not pre-boss i mean it's everyone's job but sometimes mm -hmm. it would specifically be like you'd kind of be like hey they're ready to go their food is fired like let's go attack that table reset it whatever yeah. but yeah but if someone's really not there for you and the food's coming out that is a terrific jam well i you know if there's also like the same time because like one buster is probably helping out three or four servers right yes like uh -huh. so then you have the servers that like hog the bus boy all night tell me about it <laughs> Which is oh yeah, I hate people like that. Or who they and the server's mind is, oh, we're tipping them out, so they should have to do it. Like, no. Everything. Still help them. Everything. Still help them out as much as possible because their job is hard just like ours is mm -hmm. as well. You yeah. know, there's they only have two four or times three as many tables as we do to mind. Exactly. <laughs> so not, try to help them out as well. This is not your personal assistant, you Dude, ass. Absolutely. <laughs> and I you know, I always had the relationship that I was always like, here's extra money. I don't expect I'm not gonna hog you, but I expect you to like you and I to have an open relationship where like I say things to you and it gets done, you know? Like or that yeah. like I'm like, Hey, this is happening, help me now and I'm I would I was never this you know the server that was like you do everything whatever you know I would never be the kind of person who's like end of the night full like section of empty tables with dishes and like waiting for my busser to do everything right you jump in yeah. too and then that also you know it helps erase that like that restaurant hierarchy that we all can feel sometimes when people are mm -hmm. very in it for themselves and that's just not generally how I like to work. Although I would have nights when, was it, was it Jose that we worked oh, with? Oh, Jose was, had toed. Had toed. He had so much attitude. I liked and him a lot. I liked him a lot too. But when Jose was mad at me for a personal reason, which, cause you know, restaurants get personal. 
Uh oh. Maybe make what a. What did you Jose do? I mean, he just a hothead. He was a hothead. He was a baby. We were all like 15 years older than him. Like mother hens, we teased him a lot. And so if I pissed him off, then forget it. Then he would leave me drowning. And then we'd have to have you know come to Jesus at the end of the night, talk it out, work it out, because he wasn't getting fired. Like our staff loved him. He was great. But yeah, you. It was a real standoff with Jose. <laughs> What a little shit. Um, he was amazing. But okay, so we were kind of speaking of the the job and, and the right now, uh, as of January 15th, 2020, the average hourly pay for a restaurant buster in the US is going to be about $10 an hour. That's an average. Now, it could be as low as $5.30 plus tips mm -hmm. and super, super high end, which good Lord, hire me here, could be as high as $29 an hour. That's um, where you're probably more of like a back waiter than you yes, are, yeah. you know, which is a whole nother thing to talk about, but where you're pretty much doing everything, but like, yeah. drop, but like, yeah, wherever that's where I'm thinking that's where places where there's like sommeliers or anything mm -hmm. specific you want. Like there's a, a new person to talk to about it. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, please sign me up. I'll go <laughs> grab those tables. I mean, and also sometimes, too, you have to, you know, because I'm, I'm going back into the industry myself, and there's part of me that's like, God, how great to be a busser if you had that kind of wage and got tipped out and you didn't have to interact with people because I'm getting antisocial as I that, get older. Those busters have to – they carry the crummers. They're decrumming tables. Yes. Like, that's mm – -hmm. yeah. And they are, the, they are barely seen. They don't really speak. They just say like, may I? They take the plate, they decrumb. They do it so gracefully. It's like they're not even there, which is an, an amazing those, skill. Those are busters in like the really high Vegas restaurants mm -hmm. that, you know, higher end and yeah. they're making $28 an hour, but the servers are making like 56. Right. Awesome. Well, yeah. It's a very interesting thing to like, is there such thing as like a career busser? Like, is that? I think well, there are absolutely career busters at places, yeah. especially, you know, I mean, you can see that for sure. If someone came to this country, possibly undocumented, the restaurant takes them in, you know, keeps them under their wing, helps them get, um, you know, citizenship, then they stay there. It's, it's just a safe, dependable, salaried position. And I'm sure the longer you work there and the more staff likes you, you're walking away with great tips. For sure, definitely. You know, it can be a really lucrative position if you hustle. And you're also being like so taken care of by management, yes. by owners. You get to like, eat. You usually you get a meal. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Busters get oh, to. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how the buster usually knows everything because they're best friends with front of house and back of house? They talk to everyone. Everyone, everyone combines in the busters because they think that like they're these innocent people but they're just like they're, and they're also the ones who are the shit starters yes <laughs> because they know everything which is great i mean i'm cool with all my busters um but yeah like i've worked at some places where it's like oh who'd you hear that from the buster <laughs> i was yes. like the buster know that the that the cook and the server were hooking up in the bathroom last week like they see all Probably because they were like they were like hey go do this thing and then i mean they're they are they're the eyes and the ears of the restaurant omnibus yeah. omnipresent I'm, all the I'm things bus. i'm good look everything that is why they got that name originally 
For you, you have so busters that are listening now. It was a prophecy. You have busters that are listening. They're like, yeah, you're gonna have to call me Omnibus now because I know everything. That's right. Oh my god. Yeah, we should. That should be some merch. <laughs> Omnibus. Like, which one of you is going Omnibus to get or... that nickname? Oh, that's so good. That's... Um, I want to tell this story really quick. Do it's, it, do it's, it. It's Brian's story uh, of a place he used to manage in, <laughs> it was up in Valencia. He managed a restaurant in Valencia and there was this buster who was probably like 15 years old and it was a slow day, you know, and Brian was like, hey, go clean. I want you to clean like this very specific area. And he, he couldn't get it clean. The buster couldn't get this clean. And Brian's like, well, why don't you put some elbow grease into it? Kid comes back 30 minutes later and is like, I can't, I don't know where the elbow grease is. <laughs> and he had gone into the kitchen looking for it. And the whole kitchen <laughs> fucked with him for like 30 minutes. And they were like, oh, maybe it's in there. Oh, maybe it's in there. And all laughing their asses off on this dead night in the restaurant. Oh, poor baby. kid. So I have a story. Yes. I was trying to think of one when you told me it was about busters. And I'm like, I don't have any good buster stories. But while we started talking about it, I literally wrote down this buster's name, Keith. He's one of our busters at the restaurant I'm at now. My first time meeting him, I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, my name is Quaylen. And he likes, he's ignoring me. He's like looking down at like a table or the, the host stand. I go up to him, I'm like, yo, I'm talking to you. My name is Quaylen. I'm like, what's up, man? I'm like putting my hand out, shake his hand and everything. And he still hasn't said nothing. And I'm like getting fresh right now. I'm like, yo, look up. My name's Quaylen. And he finally like looked up to me and he had a big sign on his shirt that said, I'm Keith and I'm deaf. <laughs> did you did like, you oh. did you learn the universal sign language for sorry? Yeah. My it's bad. Like, well, I knew, a big shrug. I I know sign language, but it's like I, I just, I looked at him and I was just like, felt so bad. But luckily it was just him and I up there so no one else was around. But I just felt like the biggest asshole ever because I was really getting frustrated. Like, yo, stop fucking ignoring me. Like, I'm trying to, I'm your coworker. You know what? I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's Keith's bad. He needed that sign on his back also. Okay. Right. You know. Yeah, it is his fault. You know what? Thank you. I'm just You're welcome. Like, this is his fault now. <laughs> Here's a tip. It's more so of a challenge. Okay. Oh, all right. More so of a challenge. I want people to use social media for the reason why it was invented. Reach out to someone who you haven't spoke to in a while and just say hi to them because you never know what people are going through and that might actually turn someone's day around. Hearing from an old friend, a cousin, something along the lines of that. Just be nice and reach out to someone who you haven't talked to in a while. I love it. I like Look at that. us like chatting with you on FaceTime all the way in Ohio, and here we are in LA. It's working. We're doing social media the way <laughs> God intended. Technology is amazing. It really is amazing. So don't forget to use it for good, everybody. Um, well, speaking of, I mean, listen, and on the flip side, I do also want to send people your way. You guys on Instagram, you can follow him, confessions of underscore a server. We'll post about it on um, our Instagram as well. And just go check out. It's, it's a really, really fun feed. And we'll definitely talk to you again. 
For sure. Okay, that would be so fun. Well, guys, you know what we say at the end of every show. Uh, Uh, Godspeed and good tips. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. If you like Sidework Podcast, please review us. Give us five stars and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. At Sidework Podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.